Welcome to the North Hills Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. Excited to be back with you this week, touching on a missions update. Of course, Carissa is here with me. How are you doing, Carissa? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I was thinking uh, for us, um, both of us are connected to um, the idea of missions, even outside of North Hills. My parents, uh, for our listeners, were missionaries in Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, Mm -hmm. and you're... Uh, my well, my mom is from Cuba, and my parents. I uh, went through a period for a while where they were working on becoming missionaries to Cuba, and God closed that door um, for our family. But then was um, gracious to bring my dad to an opportunity actually up here um, initially to be on a missions board and kind of help to um, administrate that board, and then to grow into um, his current role where he is the um, director of the Center of Global Opportunities, where he gets to help teach future missionaries and um, help coordinate with missionaries all around the world, and so. He and my mom are both heavily involved in a lot of cool ministries globally, which is really awesome. That is cool. And of course, uh, the man who needs no introduction when it comes to missions and North Hills Church is Alan Shear, our pastor of missions. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing great. And I traveled with your dad yeah, in, Cuba, in Cuba, which was a great experience. And my dad went and visited Ryan's parents once in oh, that's Nova right. Scotia. That's Kismet. right. Yeah. All yeah. kind of connections. Uh, so we're really excited um, this week to take a deeper dive into our partnership in India. Um, our partner, Praveen, was with us um, about a month or so mm-hmm. ago um, in all of our services. So, Alan, why don't, why don't we begin? Can you just give us a soundbite on our connection to India? And then I think Carissa will kind of mm-hmm. take us into getting to know our partner, Praveen, a little bit more. Yeah, thanks. Um, So I think our our connection to India really started with children. Um, I, and I know you, um, because we've talked about these kinds of things, uh, um, we have a heart for um, stopping human trafficking and just the, Mm. the plight of kids. And there are so many organizations that are working on this, but I started hearing about a local organization that was having a big impact in freeing children from slavery in uh, like rock quarries in India. And the more I heard, the more intrigued I got and the more I wanted us to connect to it. Yeah, I I was first introduced um, to Praveen a couple of years ago through this ministry, and so I I have loved getting to know more about him and his ministry. And I would love if you would just get to share a little bit, Alan, about who Praveen is mm-hmm. and kind of how his story and how he ended up um, working through this ministry with with Set Free Alliance. Yeah, it's an incredible story. It's like five podcasts worth. <laughs> it actually starts like in the '60s with his grandfather, who was a, a snake charmer and kind of a con man mm-hmm. that went from village to village casting spells and he fell in a river and was drowning and called to all the Hindu gods he knew and finally he just said the name Jesus and had this kind of miraculous rescue and then continued through his uh, Praveen's father Kiran and then to Praveen who is like in his mid-30s and uh, it just was was working in India kind of not too long at a Bible college and he just shot a, a message to this man, Roland Bergeron, who has the ministry Water of Life. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about here in a minute yeah. or so, yeah. too. And, yeah. and, and basically he just said, would you come here and drill a well? And Roland gets all kinds of those messages, but something inside him just said, I want to respond to this. And uh, so that's how it all started. And then because Roland's a friend of mine, it kind of all happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about specifically Praveen's ministry with the children and the mm-hmm. rock quarries and like the slavery? And I know like they now have um, essentially like a dormitory where a lot of these children are staying. Yeah. So Praveen is a pastor, first mm-hmm. and foremost. He went to, to Bible school in India and uh, he started um, this thing called the Siloam Pastors League, which was uh, just it's a fellowship for pastors. At that time, I, the time we met him, I think there were a couple thousand. And people started telling them about these kids who are working, working in rock quarries, which is technically against the law. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he went to the ones that he was told about, and they started like bringing water and a um, little piece of candy. They didn't really have mm-hmm. much. And one thing led to another, and uh, the state of Andhra Pradesh, which is like, I think, 40 million people in wow. India, said, we're going to make you the humanitarian <laughs> of the year for his <laughs> work. Awesome. For his work, yeah. visiting these kids in these rock quarries that are actually illegal. Wow. And uh, so he got up to receive this re- reward, this award, and there were all these dignitaries and Basically, it's a great story, but I won't tell the whole thing. But he just read him the riot act. And it's kind of like, thanks for the award, but we ought to be ashamed of ourselves mm. because these kids are there. You know they're there. You should do something about it. Bye. <laughs> and and, and then really from bold. there, yeah. And and one of the legislators who at that time was Hindu, she's since come to know Jesus. Wow. But she was a Hindu legislator, and she came to Praveen. She said, if you tell me where these quarries are, I'll make them let those kids go. Mm. And he did, and she went and made him let the kids go. And then she brought the kids, essentially she came to Praveen and said, okay, we've got 1,200 kids, what are you going to do with them? And and remember, this is a pastor, he's single, he doesn't own a house, he doesn't own a car, and now he's got 1,200 kids. And that's kind of how it it just started going. So how specifically now are they caring for the kids Mm -hmm. that have been rescued? Right, so fast forward, you know, maybe eight, nine years, not a long time, uh, they have rescued 27,000 children. That just blows my mind. It's crazy. One story after another after another. And they are able to actually reunite, uh, Mm. I think, about 60% plus of the kids with their parents. Um, But um, around 40%, they either can't find the parents or the parents say, we don't want them back or we can't Mm. take care of them. So they're now caring for around 10,600 children. Wow. And as you said, Carissa, they do have a campus where they have mm-hmm. about 1,200 of these kids because that was the original vision. They, right. they liberated 1,200. They said, let's build a campus. Yeah. And then they got the campus built, but now it's like over 10,000. Hmm. So generally, um, they'll have like 30 girls who will stay in a church and a pastor and his wife will take care of them. 20 boys will stay in another church wow. building. Sometimes they've rented like apartment buildings and mm-hmm. put, you know, eight or 900 kids in there. It's, <laughs> it's a big, big deal. I think an important thing here for our listeners, and maybe it's just me, but maybe I can speak on behalf of some. I think when we hear these numbers, yeah, sometimes it's so hard to process. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it's really wise for us to consider twenty seven thousand yeah. children rescued, ten thousand being cared for. I know my grocery bill with three teenagers. <laughs> So I, I think that's where this whole idea of partnership that we're talking about mm-hmm. is so important. These are real, big, documented numbers. We, yeah. we know what's going on. So 
don't let them overwhelm you and don't write them off. Right. Yeah. It, it is. To, it's at a certain point, you just can't get your mind around mm. it. Like, so, I can't imagine rescuing one or two kids. Right. And, the, you know, like that would be an amazing story. Right. Mm. But it gets into the thousands. You're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an incredible picture. I think of the gospel, like a very vivid mm-hmm. illustration of what what that looks like um, come to life in that in that sense. So um, can you tell us a little bit about um, the connection between Water of Life and then Set Free Alliance and Praveen and kind of how the triad of all these different um, pieces fit together into everything that God is doing now in India? Yeah, it's, it's really a beautiful picture of cooperation mm-hmm. because ultimately the answer is, the answer for India, the answer for these kids and the other like at least 17 million who are enslaved in India, mm-hmm. the answer is in India. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we can't, that we're just so limited. And so at the core, at the heart of this is evangelism and church planting. Mm-hmm. Because if anything's going to change, it has to start with the hearts of the people. So when it comes to evangelism, church planting, that's where the Siloam Pastors League is out there. Hmm. They've got great strategies. They're being very effective. Water of Life partners with them by drilling wells, which is a great platform to use to not only plant churches, but change the lives of the people in those villages. Mm -hmm. And Set Free is specifically... Uh, linked to um, like generating the the more than three hundred thousand dollars a month that it takes Whoa. to take care of these kids who have already been liberated. A staggering a number yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite the grocery bill. <laughs> it's not hard to imagine though with that many. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've been able to meet Praveen a couple of times, and every time I've met him, I I always kind of come away just blown away. I think by um, the many. Uh, examples that he gives of, of very vivid pictures of how God is working out um, his story today and just miracle after miracle that sounds so like almost, I mean, obviously impossible. It's a miracle. And and to see that, that he gets to see that all the time. So I'd love if you could share a little bit of maybe a story or two that you've heard from, mm. from those ministries and what's come from that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, his life is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the, the radical Hindus have all these like Facebook pages for like people we're going to kill and he's on mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. which, uh, before we get to a story, let me just interrupt there. I, I, I think that's another great way for us to frame this information, like uh, the great rescue, mm-hmm. but, but there's a, a cost here mm-hmm. with our, for our partners mm-hmm. in India. Yeah, yeah. And, and even like India has become much more resistant um, to Christianity uh, and the places where he works, such as Orissa and Bihar, are two of the worst provinces historically. Mm-hmm. And so they have seen many pastors lose their lives, many pastors injured. I've met some of these pastors. It is so humbling. Wow. And you know how quickly we feel like, you know, I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I don't get my props. And then you meet these guys. It's like, I'm so sorry. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, so it's all a miracle. It's a miracle. He's even alive. Hmm. He's had miraculous leadings of the Holy Spirit to go and find children. He's had miraculous warnings from the Holy Spirit. You know, don't go to this place, go to this place. Don't go here at this time. Um, But, 
But through that, like the the thing that is really thrilling, that the miracle that's happening now hmm. is that the culture is changing. Wow. And so it's it's it, it is it, it's like New Testament. Like mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you were saying. That the way that he lives yeah. is like, wow, is this the Apostle Paul? But now, because of sustained, focused um, gospel saturation in some of these areas, we're actually seeing like the attitudes of people change toward these children. Hmm. We're seeing um, we. I mean, we're partnering. It's like they're seeing. Um, uh, mine owners voluntarily bring their kids because their consciences are being awakened. That's amazing. Yeah. And saying, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, the, the public health numbers in this Prakasam, which is the main district where we're partnering, have actually radically shifted because people are now drinking clean water. Wow. So on that, yeah. uh, we, uh, North Hills, mm-hmm. kind of with this group, with Praveen, with Water of Life, the exactly. Siloam Pastors League, we actually targeted that region, which was, yeah. once again, let me say it correctly. It's called Prakasam. Prakasam. Yeah. And, and we kind of targeted that, so to speak. We kind of planted a flag in that region mm-hmm. with our partnership. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Yeah. About uh, two, two and a half years ago, um, uh, we were talking together and we just said, you know, this is, it's like a shotgun, which is awesome. What would happen if we took one district and just saturate it with, with, with saturated it with the gospel drill a well intensive evangelization church planting pastoral training and we're seeing that in Prakasam is about three and a half million people so it's like bigger than a fourth wow. of the nations yeah. of the world it's like this is India right and as you said two years ago in our harvest offering we said let's let's go in a hundred thousand dollars which we had never done I think the biggest we'd gone in on one thing was twenty five thousand, maybe. I think we had a fifty in there somewhere on yeah. a different wow. in Ethiopia, but, but, but still. it was unprecedented. Yeah, we got all in, and with that, we we drilled twenty wells, and all twenty of those. That was two years ago. All twenty of those villages now have churches planted, which is crazy. Yeah, which is p- part of water of life. Is there? It, not perfectly, but almost a one to one ratio. Well, to church, almost, yeah. yeah. And that's that's very intentional because yes, we want to give them fresh water because how would we like to drink, you know, right. yeah, poison water? But it's about the water of life. It's mm. about the gospel. It's about letting them know Jesus. And so then again, last year we went in, and this year we're going in even bigger. So it's been amazing. So yeah. for those listening, I think it, it'd be great. What What is kind of our, our ambitious goal to partner this year? $250,000. So in, wow. um, in November, we have uh, an annual thing. We do the harvest offering. Um, so that's what Alan is referring to, that we've kind of mm-hmm. set before our church that we... That's not all we're doing. We're actually asking the Lord for more than that. But, but we want to be able to do a quarter of a million and just target India. And and I think this is important. Help us understand kind of the, what's the, um, the motivation to kind of move now. This was part of, I was in the elder meeting where we went for this number. Is there a sense of haste to get into India? There for, yeah, it's, it's several things. The, the government there is becoming very overtly, um, anti-Christian or really it's, pro-Hindu, because they, they say Hindu, we are Hindus, that's part of our culture. Um, also, the fact that there's just so much receptivity. 
Um, some of these villages, like one that we, we showed in church, we showed some pictures, a village of like 6,000 people. And now a majority of those people have professed faith in Jesus Christ. Um, so mm. when you look at the, the numbers, like th- this is something that's fascinating to me as a miss- missions guy, your dad too. Right. <laughs> um, you know, th- the numbers in India have pretty much held held the mm-hmm. same for the last 100 years in terms of Christianity as a percentage. Mm. What God is doing now, I have, ne- I have not heard of anything like this. So we believe while the door is open, while Praveen is there, like we don't even know how long this man's going to live, mm. just to be very frank. We want to get in with the gospel while we can. So in kind of church world language, is it fair to say that, that we are partnering in a great revival, a great mm. awakening, you know, th- that type of language from our history, is that m- what's happening in India? It really is. I mean, more than anything, I, I mean, we have partnered with some great things, mm. but this is unprecedented. Like Praveen was telling us in Prakasam that in these villages now, about 70% of the people have professed faith in Christ. Just generally. Blows my mind. And this is like this is a hard, hard place. And and you know, people are there's they don't get anything out of it to profess faith in Christ. In fact, they're paint painting a target on themselves. Hmm. And yeah. uh, the, nevertheless they're coming. There's no uh, Christian culture advantage yeah. or pressure it's the exact opposite you're moving into a space which again I, i'm not trying to harp on something here but when we talk about numbers numbers are important they're not everything but i do think they're important and for us to frame them accurately and with faith go god is radically on the move so mm-hmm. like we've learned in the book of revelation there are people from every tribe nation tongue people yeah. around the world who will be around the throne glorifying the lamb yeah, and and I think in our culture, you know, there are a lot of things to be discouraged about, and mm-hmm. Christianity seems to be on the decline in America, and so sometimes I think it's hard for us to believe that that the gospel can be really exploding in other places, but that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, we've mentioned one thing, and we're going to put that call before our, our listeners and our people at our gatherings. Again, we're shooting for a quarter of a million dollars in our mm-hmm. harvest offering here. Beyond that, let, let, let's talk about other uh, energizing ways that we can partner. Maybe how we can partner in our home with India. Mm-hmm. Talk about the power of of prayer here, mm-hmm. the power of intercession, uh, or what are other things that you would share with us that we can do to yeah. partner? Prayer is everything. And there again, you know, maybe when we live in a, a culture that's in decline, it's hard for us to have expectation. But I believe God is calling us to raise the bar in our expectation in a place like India. So praying that God will keep Praveen alive, especially in this season, I would just call on our people to pray that God will raise up uh, uh, other leaders. Because as Mm -hmm. this thing grows, the scale of it is just staggering. So we are in this year, we're really going to get in in a big way uh, in training and leadership development. Um, most of the pastors, I, I don't know, 90% of the pastors have not gone, gone to any kind of Bible school. Um, some of them, their literacy is very low. So I would say pray.
pray for us with that because that is really the only limiting factor that we're seeing hmm. is that they have the leaders to to care for their people and and to really to to develop one another as leaders it's like the bible well i was going to say and for you there there's a very natural part here um you know i'm thinking of jesus's words when he says you know lift up your eyes look into the mm. fields they're white with harvest you know a cultural illusion he's doing there you know see what's out there and his comment is pray for laborers so we we can join in that and I, and i hope we take the idea of praying for praveen and other leaders safety, um, mm-hmm. you know, very seriously, you know, Hebrews chapter, um, 13, you know, tells us, remember those who are in prison as if, as if in prison with them and with those who suffer adversity, since you are also in the body. So our motivation is, Hey, I, I might not be the pastor getting beat up, but my brother in mm-hmm. India is therefore I'm going to remember and I'm going to pray. Can I, can I say one more thing yeah. about that? Yeah, please. Um, you know, when I say pray for Praveen, I love Praveen. I'm, I love this mm-hmm. man. I am awed by this man. But my primary mo- motivation in that is that when you go to a village over there and you look in the faces like of a whole village, they're just rat catchers. And they are literally the garbage, the filth, like the people. I can't even, there are no words to express how, how that they are nothing in that mm-hmm. culture. And you see them worshiping Jesus with dignity, with joy on their faces, with peace. And they're, they're like, they're eating the rats they catch. Mm-hmm. That's their source of protein. And yet they have hope. And then you see these villages, like the, the church there is, is teaching these village leaders how to advocate for their rights with the government. Like, this is wholesale transformation. So we're talking not only about, yes, we love this guy, but we love our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. over there. Word. Yeah. It's well, so and, powerful. And there's just been even a lot of stories from even the children that have been rescued of the amazing things that they've gone on to do. Like I know one of them has grown up to be a doctor who like now gives money back to supporting mm-hmm. other children in slavery. Like just thinking of, of how many amazing stories that God has planned for all of these children that have been rescued and what they're going to be able to grow up to do now going from being literal slaves in in a quarry to now being loved and cared for and nurtured and taught skills and educated and being set loose on the society with, full of of like hope and praise for God and ready to change the world very and, literally and, and that's the thing mm-hmm. more than anything that's changing the culture mm-hmm. because you see these kids that were garbage right and now they're becoming doctors. One works for Microsoft. They're going to work hmm. for the government. They're becoming supervisors. And people are sitting up and taking notice. And it's powerful. Yeah. Hey, Alan, ju- just in case people are unfamiliar with the culture of India, which you've experienced going over there multiple times, you're great friends with Praveen. I think it would be hmm. helpful. Can you frame that idea of people being, from a cultural perspective, garbage or filth or hmm. rat catcher? I think there could be people who hear that language and might not get exactly what you mean by it. Mm-hmm. So. Can you just briefly help us understand that culturally? Right, because it all exists in this this context of karma, which says that before you're born, you're relegated to a certain place. And the way you, you get out of that and you go to a better status in society is through suffering. So <clears throat> through that, that lie of karma, um, 
it's almost like if I make you suffer more or mm-hmm. if I if I let you suffer, I'm helping you. Hmm. Because the more you suffer, the, the more you're going to progress to something else. And 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 really what's happening now is that that lying spirit of karma is being broken. <laughs> so from a Christian perspective, we would come in as Jesus would multiple times it says of Jesus he looked on the crowds with compassion. Mm-hmm. That that would probably not be in a general sense the the first response there. So I I just wanted to help people. Mm-hmm understand that any final comments you have for um, our listeners kind of regarding this whole partnership uh, in India for these people with our brothers and sisters specifically Praveen as an example I just want to say thank you to the elders and to the people of North Hills because when people hear about this it really doesn't take a lot of persuading Mm -hmm. like we're not talking people in anything when pe- the people of North Hills <laughs> yeah, here, my money gets to set children free from slavery. I mean, That's an this easy is <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. what our heart is. This is what we're about. Mm. So it, it has reflects been the heart of Jesus. I, you know, I didn't talk the elders into this. Like we have felt like a, a joint sense of calling and excitement about what God's doing and the fact that we get to be a part of it. So thank you. That's what mm. I want to say. Yeah. Krista, any final comments you've got? Or? I just, I think hearing these stories and getting to partner with them um, just really excites me for um, the work that God is doing and getting to see that um, in such clear and vivid ways and and getting to not just hear the stories or see pictures about it, but get to, getting to be a part of that um, is such a blessing back to me to get to know that, that I can actually help make that happen and that God has uh, maybe not given me the skills to go to India and do that hard work myself, but that there are still ways, um, a lot of ways that I can partner and help make that um, a reality for those people who are on the front lines doing that hard work. I can't say it better than that. I think it's <laughs> that partnership is the key idea. Um, so thanks to everybody uh, for listening today, uh, trying to connect us into this um, update about India and everything that God's doing over there. We hope you're encouraged. We hope that you jump in to pray with us. Uh, we hope you'll prepare your family to give even um, as we come up to the harvest offering here in November. I want to let you know next time we get together on the podcast, uh, that'll drop on November 15th. Chris and I are going to be hosting um, and we're going to interview um, and talk with our three uh, worship leaders that are on staff who've been leading us uh, since the transition of leadership back in February. Uh, So really excited for you guys to get to know them. Um, Super fun. Yeah, they are up there. They're leading us at all campuses and alive and college, even in kids stuff now every week. So we want you to know a little bit more about them uh, and how God has been working in them. So tune in and we will see you next time.